0: Considering seriously the options out there in terms of new technology, particularly digital ordering, because that's the one bit that's really new today and that is deeply game-changing. This is multiple ways of interacting with customers digitally, even though the operator might see themselves as more of a traditional kind of operators. There are ways this digital technology can transform and enhance the way you work and. At the end of the day, how much margin you're making. So, you probably want to really, really explore that.
1: Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkster. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create hotspot and profitable businesses from the inside out, to kind to both employees and customers, love and support. Thanks to Biz Simply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner. Biz Simply is the all in one. HR, workforce management, and rota and operations software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, how we grow our businesses, and how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just just survive. I'm super excited about today's conversation because we'll be talking about e-commerce and delivery technology for independent hospitality operators. For this, I have one of the founders of StoreKit, Christophe Delacroix. StoreKit helps small operators to get effective and affordable e-commerce tools. Christophe shares what the challenges are for smaller operators when it comes to select and implement technology and achieve the return of investment needed. He highlights that many tech products are very difficult to implement and take too much time to get working properly for small operators. Christoph talks about technology to enable operators to make a fast change when needed and at the same time be 100% in control. He shares insights about how some operators that have got this right have achieved 10 to 50% additional spend per head saving staff costs, and making better marketing decisions due to better data on their customers. Along the way, we talk delivery, data and how to use it, understanding your customers, advertising spend that turns into sale, how to select technology, top future trends in hospitality, his entrepreneurial journey, and much more. Before you tune in, please sign up to our weekly newsletter on hospitalitymavericks.com, packed with more Maverick insights, strategies, and tools. Now, grab notebook. And let's get started. I am super excited about today's conversation uh, because we're going to be talking about technology. And we have talked about technology often here. But we're going to talk about technology that can be put in hands in the smaller operators. And actually, often I think that there's a gap there in the market. So, A couple of months ago, I met Stalkit and Christoph, and I found out actually they had this solution that could help you digitalize your e-commerce, your your business as a small operator. So I'm very excited that Christoph is on the the podcast today, and we're going to be talking about exactly that. How do you actually get started if you're not already started? How do you actually optimize your your e-commerce channels? Because these are, you know here to stay and uh, there's a lot of people out there talking about delivery, omnichannel, diverse revenue streams, and uh, there's so much going on right now, but how do you actually sometimes get started as a small operator and how do you optimize this can be a massive challenge. So it gives me great pleasure to invite you, Christoph, to the show today.
0: Hi, Michael. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be on the podcast.
1: Christoph, when I met Stalkit, I think we we met on LinkedIn, and then I started looking at this. This is super interesting, I thought, because uh, I think you were solving a very important problem in the uh, in the in the tech space around the independent operator. For People that haven't heard about Storkit and know what you're about. Can you just give like a, a short, you know, elevator pitch about you know Stalkhead and uh, who you are as well
0: uh, as the founder or one of the founders? Of course. So Storkit is, is an e-commerce platform for independent uh, hospitality operators. So that means that, you know, an independent uh, restaurant, a pub, a cafe can, can sign up on Storkit and then they can create a, a digital store uh, or a digital menu, you could say, uh, where uh, that they can present to their to their customers. And these customers can buy from the operator directly wherever they are. So I think that's the interesting part um, of e-commerce today. E-commerce, uh, when we talk about e-commerce for hospitality, we think about online, we think about delivery, we think about, uh, about click and collect. And all of that's correct. But what's really interesting is that e-commerce starts to come in the store. Uh, and um, our platform enables their customers to use their device to place an order when they're already inside the venue. So that's what that's what we do—a digital platform, which is uh, the word is omnichannel—and uh, and the operators can sell directly uh, to their customers without paying commissions to to third parties.
1: That's super interesting because that's another subject. There's a lot of conversation about, especially the third parties like delivery Uber in the moment about these these massive fees that doesn't work for the operators, and there's a lot of questions from the investment side if these companies actually are able to turn into a profit at some point. Are they actually good for the for the industry? So actually what you do is in a way give the power a bit back in the hands of the smaller operators that really struggles with these huge uh, commission fees. Is that correctly
0: understood? Absolutely. This is this is the whole idea. It's to, to give a tool to the operators so they, they can sell directly and build their own business. So, um, you know, we're called store kits. It's very much this idea of, you know, we're... we're we're very much aligned with, with our customer, uh, the operator. Uh, we're not trying to build a marketplace or aggregate orders. We give them a tool, they sign up, it's their business, it's their customers, it's their transactions. So this is the, the ethos that we, we live by every day.
1: And how did you come to solve this problem? What was that took you here and started working with this problem compared to all the different problems you can solve in, in hospitality or in tech for that sake?
0: Well, we we so, so so I mean personally, I I uh, my journey I guess um, is a bit unusual in a way. I mean, I I I started my career as a you know as a, as a business consultant, uh, worked with large hospitality groups. Um, uh, at head office level, and then and then you know I did a open a couple of coffee shops in Paris with a friend uh, ten years ago now, and I love doing this. I was I was probably more of a of a business uh, person, and I decided to come to UK to to start working in the selling technologies to to hospitality businesses essentially, uh, and and I found it was a very interesting space, and there was just so much coming on with with the cloud, many small businesses. You know, don't have very good tools to 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 run their business. Uh, I saw that firsthand. You know, in in these coffee shops we were opening with my friend in Paris, and uh, I saw the same thing here. And uh, with the cloud, you had all these new, you know, systems that allowed smaller operators to have access to tools um, that were reserved before to you know, chains or larger larger operator. Uh, and that's what we've seen the last 10 years. Uh, we've seen these tools became, be, becoming more democratized uh, and essentially giving more uh, better access to data to, to the independent operators. I think that the specific problem of in, independent operators that we really try to solve, and I think we're quite unique in, in, in that way, is that we know them very well and, and we like them. And they... They they struggle with they struggle with time. They struggle with uh, with, with, with with money. Um, you know, technology and, and, and payment processing are are industries that sell products that can seem quite expensive uh, to, to independent operators. And as they're time poor and cash poor, they they often struggle to implement these systems. And once they're in place, maybe they have access to the data, but then they might not have time to actually use them and implement the actions uh, that they that they that they should to actually improve the their the, the business. So I think the, the angle we've taken with Storkit is about helping operators Implement the technology in the easiest possible way. So everything we do when building our platform is about making sure that if a new pub or a new restaurant comes on StoreKit and sign up, they can do this in a matter of hours, if not minutes, uh, in certain cases. Uh, so at a high level, you could say well, it's about uh, you know enabling these operators to digitalize themselves, enabling them to very quickly have an e-commerce store. For click and collect, for delivery, for in-store QR code payments, um, and everything we do in the in the product is about this: implement, e- enabling them to to have access to the technology and to to implement it quickly.
1: Yeah, and and what what is typical the the type of operators that the uh, you have the sign up because I guess there's also been an exciting you know it had not been an exciting year for 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 the industry as in well but there's been an exciting year for for the product you have because that that has been needed more than ever to To create this digitalization of menus, as you say, QR codes and so on. What 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 are the typical uh, operator that comes and actually you know sign on to to store kit? How do they look and what problems do they have?
0: Yeah, it's it's your independent operators. So we ha- we have uh, we. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, there's been a, a weird. The last twelve months have been quite odd, right? We've we've had lockdown, out of lockdown, back in. So the type of business we work with are. Independent restaurants, as I said, cafes, pub takeaways, uh, theaters, uh, or even golf courses. Um, there's, there's quite a variety of use cases, and the way they approached us kind of depending on when they they've approached us over the last 12 months. So d- d- during the lockdown, so pretty much between November and March, we had lots of people coming on the platform to start selling for click and collect or for delivery. Uh, people from Everywhere in the country needed to activate their stores to be able to take orders and payments, um, and so we've we've enabled a lot of these operators, sometimes restaurants that suddenly. St- needed to do delivery and they didn't before. Uh, sometimes uh, operators that decided to create uh, temporary stores, uh, you know, sometimes cooking from their kitchens for, them, for the neighborhoods. Um, and then uh, in March and, 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 and of course, uh, since the beginning of April, we had many more uh, businesses approaching us to implement in-venue ordering and payments uh, with the, the reopening of outdoor hospitality. Um, it's the same platform. The the, the workflows and the, 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 the settings and the software obviously change if you want to use it for click and collect or for in-store. Uh, but I think in store is probably where most of the traction uh, where most of the need are going to be felt, I guess, by operator. So we, we enable them to yeah, to take payments and orders from QR code, from NFC tanks, from other 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 ways. Um, and, and the, the, the efficiencies uh, that the operators find when they implement store are, are are game changing um, in terms of revenue generation, in terms of cost savings.
1: It's interesting you mentioned that you see and, and what you're observing is that is the in-store kind of digitalizing the in-store because we, you know, from what you read, sometimes you believe it's the delivery and, and the, the takeaway element, which of course has been important. But I was on an interesting panel a couple of weeks ago in, in Better Hospitality. And then both the operators in their independent operators, one of them I think they have five location and the other one has two two locations, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe one. Uh, but they both said that they have customers the hunger to come back to get the experience. And as that happened, they, they have already dialed down the whole takeaway, what they're delivering out of the house actually. And they say, because that's not why we're here, but we still need technology to improve the in-store experience from both from a safety point of view, but also from a efficient point of view, because we, we can't, from a cost point of view, operate the same way we did before. Is is that also what you mean with the, the, the benefits you talk about the clients you have seen have.
0: Yes, exactly. I think, I think um, what we're trying to do is we understand that businesses have to be ready to change and they have to be ready to please their customers the way they want to. So... So that's the way we thought the platform. And 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 yes, if you if you sign up on StoreKit, you'll be able to have your menu, sell it in store if that's what you want to do, if that's your core channel. But if you think there's an opportunity to have a click and collect activity, why not just turn it on? And it's it's going to be there. It's it's up to the business to decide if they want to do that or not. From our end, we just enable them to sell across uh, across channels. Um, every business is different, you know. It's, 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 one thing I've learned uh, working with operators over the last few years is that they all have, you know, they're very creative people and they have, uh, they're trying to build experience for their customers, something that's special. And every business is different. And and what we're trying to do is just give them the flexibility to to do uh, whatever we, they, they, they want to do. Um, and we, we have a few multi-sites uh, quite a growing number of multi-site customers as well um, and sometimes different venues uh, under same uh, under the same brand operate operate in different uh, in different in different ways some venues might have a delivery click and collect and, and and some venues might 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 not be adequate for for that type of activity so uh, you know maybe they won't you store it exactly in the same way across the across the outlets I think it's all about enabling that the channels in giving them flexibility and and really let them take control of their business. So, you know, to to echo what I was saying before, enable them to digitalize, to go online, to use this tool, to sell everywhere, but then after really being in control of their business and, and sell the way they want to. You talked about some really, you know,
1: uh, if you say like, let's let's take it from the approach that you're 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 fully open and you can operate. You're not in in some kind of lockdown mode. And hopefully, on the seventeenth of May, we're sitting here early May. Well, we all we all be back again, and the doors will be open. and We're able to trade as as normal. But what, what kind of uh, typical gains are these operators seeing? Is it a, uh, what what can they expect from a revenue? What, do you have an idea about this? Is typical what we see when they get it right? Absolutely.
0: So so I think there's a few things. So so as a um, multi-channel is interesting at uh, first level because you know if you have a if you're doing um, I don't know if you have a, a garden, uh, you know, an outdoor terrace, and maybe you also do click and collect. The fact that you have omnichannel means you'll be more resilient in theory. You have a rainy day, you'll do more click and collect and delivery. If the sun is out, people will come in the store, right? So have being able to have a platform where you can sell everywhere at any time gives you this flexibility and more resilience as a, as a business. Um, in terms of, see, w- w- more generally, like, w- once people implement uh, store kit operators implement store kit, what we see is, is there's kind of three uh, sources of efficiency. The first one is revenue, as you suggested. Uh, we see revenue increase. That's not specific to store kit, but there is something that seems to be a universal truth. Humans tend to order more and spend more when they do it on the screen uh so that's something that you know mcdonald's has known for a long time uh with the kiosk um, but it's it's also true with any sort of digital ordering. so if you have a customer that orders food on their screen they will tend to spend more is it because they don't have any shame is it because it's it's easier and faster uh, to be honest with you there's not much studies out there to really explain this but to give you an idea anecdotally we see between 10 and 30 percent increase in spending per head so that that's really interesting it's probably something you want to factor in uh, as an operator when you decide to implement a digital uh, a digital system i think where there can be a difference between systems is how um how easy is the ch- is the checkout and that that's probably something uh, I haven't mentioned yet. You know, we have focused about the experience we try to create for the operators uh, using our software, but a big part of the the driving philosophy um, of Storkit is about giving the customer, their customer, their clients, or the consumer coming in the restaurant, an experience that is consumer grade. Consumers today want. To, if they if they order g- digitally they will want to be able to understand the menu quickly to go uh, uh, over uh, the, the menu items very efficiently they will want to check out uh, with Apple pay they will you know they will want this, this this ordering process to be very fast too many times and I'm sure you'll share that feeling but as as a consumer I have been asked to download an app I found myself using a clunky, uh, a clunky application with nested menu and very inefficient kind of uh, workflow in the app. And that's actually something that deters me from ordering more. So if you're an operator and you choose a digital experience, if you want to make sure that you will maximize revenue, choose a choose a platform that will give your customers a, flow, a frictionless experience. That, that's really, really uh, key. And what I, what I mean by frictionless experience is not necessarily um, the most, uh, the one that uh, please you the most, or that you find the most beautiful. It's the one that's the most efficient and fast for the customer. Uh, so that's super key. So revenue increase is a big, big point, and um, and you should defac- defen- definitely factor this expectation when making uh, a, a, a choice uh, on, on such a system. I'm a little bit long, but just there's two uh, two other efficiencies. One is operationally. There's no doubt that if that's your objective, you can save on staff costs. Uh, we have anecdotal evidence that uh, an operator, a pub, for instance, can save about 50% of the running staff cost if they wanted to take orders from the table via qr code uh, because obviously the the waiters are freed from uh, from the order taking uh, and and collecting the payment uh, task Typically, we uh, what we do is that we we do not suggest uh, that operators do that. We suggest that they reallocate they, they reallocate the free time to engage with customers, maybe greet them and check on them much more than they should. I think it's a great opportunity to actually leverage the technology to talk more to your customers in a more organic way. Um, and the last uh, efficiency is around marketing, marketing because I think for the first time ever, every Operator will have access to building a CRM and building a clear understanding of who is coming in their store, where they order, when they order, what they order. Uh, Because that's obviously information that. Is collected through our platform and will give them great great power to be able to grow their business in the in the long run
1: yeah and that's also interesting you ended at that point because I was sitting and thinking about this because I had a conversation or a podcast conversation with Victoria from data Hawks the the other weeks and she said that for, for you know we had had a lot of data floating around in our in our post system and so on, but now actually technology is taking to a point where you actually now, as you say, can actually understand your raving fans, you know who to cater for, who to market to, who not to market to on specific days. But of course you need to dive into it. But you actually have the opportunity now more than ever, because technology, especially the last 12 months, has, you know, evolved with the pandemic going on. And and it's it's so interesting how much power you actually, if you sit down strategic as you say, look at that data, how much growth you actually can maybe be missing not understanding and i i know an example from uh, a local operator that was a bit hesitant doing uh home delivery and they started it uh, and some some heat up the the, the food in, in 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 here in the south and then uh, by looking at the data they also found out that you know that the, the, they were trying to market to specific areas there was two areas where they spent a lot of marketing money but there was no one ordering for them and then they turn that marketing money into those other areas where they normally get quite good uptake and they almost doubled the uptake because they were already there the people that were interested and they and then when they were driving around they got the drivers to put down what type of houses was it? What car was the parked there? What typical? What kind of supermarket was in that area? And now they know exactly about the the, the 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 raving fans how they look, and that's going to change the business going forward because they're going to always think about how do we market to our raving fans and not to everyone. And I think that that's a really big key lesson. That that's a really reasonable small group with uh, four units. You know, it's not a big. But they just had the data, so they didn't have to spend the time suddenly looking into it. And that's just an interesting way of thinking about how you actually can benefit from these systems as well.
0: I agree, and and, and I think it's a good time to start collecting data. And as you said, everyone doesn't necessarily have time to look at these data. Some people feel feel overwhelmed. I think the the, 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 the beauty of technology and software is that it's, um, you know there's more and more product out there that actually give you. Enable you to use this data and, and act upon it, right? So, uh, I think it's interesting what you just said about like targeting specific areas. Obviously, you you, you can know with Target like where your orders are com- coming from. You can have a map and know exactly what, what are the destination points of the food uh, for for with delivery. Um, platforms like Instagram. Uh, are becoming extremely powerful um, they, they've uh, you know uh, they, they've made quite a bit of, of investment into developing their platform for for local businesses and you can run you know targeting campaign to you know, aim at specific neighborhoods so that, you know, the, the locals will see uh, your ad popping up into their, their Instagram feed. Uh, and it, it's, it's pretty efficient. Uh, you do a, you know, you can do test runs, you put 100 quid or 200 quid on a certain neighborhood, and then you, you can uh, have a, an integration uh, with, uh, with StoreKit. You will know how much you spend, where you spend, how much of these advertising spend yields yield into, uh, uh, turns into an actual delivery sale. Um, that, that's very new for hospitality. Re- retailers uh, had access to this data for years now, um, but I think it's 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 exciting.
1: It's really exciting, yeah. Uh, because I actually didn't know that uh, with Instagram. Maybe people out there know that, but again, I uh, I can remember I lo- I got I think I probably been because the local restaurant businesses are most using it because I, the other day I got suddenly a sushi on my Instagram. Profile and uh, and that was definitely a sponsor ad, but it was a good ad. And I went in and looked at their shop and thought that looks reasonable, uh, decent. Uh, I didn't buy, but definitely I know I they are on my radar now. That actually I can order directly for them. I don't have to use an aggregator, which maybe is one of my uh, criteria as a consumer when I choose. Is there other things about choosing technology? Because that's often where operators, I feel, get overwhelmed. And, and, and I'm not a, you know, an expert in this, but I always try to guide them and understand your business, have the needs your business have, and you shouldn't do what the neighbor does because maybe what the neighbor does works for them and not for you. But there's other things they need to be aware as they choose technology, and not only in maybe the delivery technology in general technology. How do we actually stress test that you're doing the right thing because you're investing? not only money
0: but your your time in getting this working yeah there's so many it's a minefield right there's so many different you know pieces of technologies they can they can use i I think a few uh, maybe good good points they they can use is is, you know with all these cloud technologies um, uh, many uh, uh, software companies like like ourselves decide to go with no contracts Uh, kind of model Uh, no contracts or no minimum or pay as you go especially if you implement something that's new for you and it's the case with digital ordering for many operators out there choose a system that gives you this flexibility to try make your mistake you know and 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 learn uh, as opposed to investing a lot of money in developing your own you know app or uh, buying a lot of hardware or just pick a solution that's 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 really flexible and maybe you start for 6 months with this maybe it's not the cheapest one but you know you're you're going to learn how how, uh, how things uh, work evolve and uh, what what your customers want and then you can reassess your choice in 6 months and you know happy days i think the other thing is there's a natural temptation to go for systems that do everything um uh, and look for the perfect Swiss knife systems that nails your inventory management and your loyalty program and and, and the ordering and everything. And, and the reality of the market today is that quite often a system that does everything won't do everything right. Um, and and you end up buying something that's maybe a bit more expensive, that's going to be a little bit clunky, that's not really exactly going to tick the boxes, while you could maybe have chosen like one or a couple of software integrated together uh, that would have given you the flexibility um, and it would have actually done a better job at these specific things that you're trying to achieve. Um, so it's about keeping this open mind and, 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 um, and looking really looking for the flexibility and the, the kind of the the, the the best in kind software for what you're trying to to achieve.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's a really, really good point. You had a good point before, actually. Uh, but I also see it as a test in a way. And and also, you know, maybe you don't choose the right one first, but you need to learn. It's like a skill. You're training yourself in choosing these things and don't sign up to anything long long term, but also make sure there's flexibility from both sides. Uh, and also, I like the thing you said about that. Uh, it's also understanding that, you know, the best of breeds are the best product for, uh qr codes and digital ordering maybe you not, not be the best system for for ordering and inventory that's actually there's the one system that does read that really well so maybe you're going to end up with four or five systems but that's okay as long as you have the best ones collectively so you don't have this clunky thing that if it, both also from the employee point of view, because if the experience for an employee in the back of the house is clunky, they will not put the data in you need them put in. They're going to find a way to hack the system and it's not going to help you. It's definitely just going to make it worse. So it's about thinking that into it as well. I think that's very important often that actually there's a reason why you should choose the best of the best for whatever they do. And often when they can do too many things, is my experience as well, uh, it often fails somewhere in the in the chain and actually and it's just going to cost so much time and frustration to try to make it work because you can't make it work because you can't be the best at everything so
0: exactly <laughs> so that's 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 exactly what we're trying to do and you, you talked about the you mentioned the the uh the case of an employee that that that, that face, like cumbersome systems. that's a good point as well right like as an operator you choose a system and you know you're going to be using it your employees are going to be using it your consumers are going to be using it so make sure that for for you know each each of those the the system is really easy uh really friendly to to set up um and again that that's really what we're trying to do uh when when we when we when we build the the, the interface of of store
1: if we take the the trends in technology and hospitality what what do you think that the the top trends are going to be after we we, there's been a lot of talk about omni channel but what is the next next big thing as we reopen hospitality over the summer especially in the uk i know every every part of the world almost every country in europe have different situations but as as we open up again what what do you think is going to be the next big thing operator will focusing on now they they switched on the 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 very new streams they probably have more than one they probably have three to four revenue streams they're really excellent operators uh and they find out what works, what doesn't work, when to switch it on, switch it off, and all that. So what is the next big step that's gonna happen in, in this world?
0: <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good question. Who knows, right? Um I, I think what we'll see is yes, I mean you said omnichannel, I don't like this world. By the way, uh, it's but there's no there's no better word really out there uh, when talking about selling you know every, wherever the customer is. I think what we see. I mean, I'm going to. I mean, you know, I, I run a software company, so I, I guess I'll, I'll give you a bit that angle. But it's still interesting. I think for operators. The software is eating the world. Some, someone said that, and what we see, and I find this really interesting, is we have people coming to us and telling us, "Hey, uh, I'm planning on opening." a restaurant in you know in September and uh, we don't want to have a till. And I find that really interesting because uh, these people start thinking, well, wait a minute. Now you have this QR code ordering or uh, you know QR code or something else, but people use their device to order. They can, e-commerce is everywhere, so they can actually pay from their phone, even if they're in the store. Do I really need to spend five or six grand on the TIL system for my staff to manually input air news data in you know like it's it's like do do I really need to do that and spend that money uh, so I think that's interesting to think that more and more uh operators are going to be able to to operate w- without uh point of sale hardware uh that that's something that I expect we will see uh more and more in the coming 5 to 10 years um, maybe I think for most operators, it still seems slightly far-fetched. I think it's, 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 the solution is here. You can actually work this way already. Uh, and I think it will open so much interesting opportunities of, 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 of being creative for hospitality for uh, operators, like just to reinvent, you know, the experience of the customers as they come in, as they, you know, they maybe move around within the venue, um, just enabling new new journeys uh, which they couldn't do before because you had to you know you had to deal with the rigidity of you know the point of sales being in certain places and staff working in a certain way or the orders being taken in a certain way and I think it looks to me like here technology will enable to have to be creative to really reinvent hospitality experience and in fact to, um, to reinvent the human experience within the venue. Uh, I, I mentioned before briefly, you know, uh, when I talked about, I was talking about the, the staff cost savings. Uh, if, you, if you put in QR code, you don't need to take the orders. You don't need to take the payment. Fine. Um, but what we see with these successful venues that they've implemented Storky today is they, they actually reinvest most, if not all of these costs, talking to customers, engaging with them, talking to them about the food, greeting them, making sure they're happy. And the satisfaction of customers seems to be going up. And I think it's, it's one of these interesting cases where, where, where software and the flexibility introduced by the technology will allow to reinvent the experience, but also to make it more human. Um, it's not about, oh, now everyone's going to place orders from their phone. They're going to pull out their phone. I don't want them to look at their phone while they're in my restaurant. I think it will be the other way around. It will be about using this technology to actually talk to them more. So I'm quite excited to see this uh, unfolding in the, in the coming you know, few years.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so in my view, it's just so super interesting this tillless uh setup from the outset. Actually you, you build you build a restaurant from the outset, there's no tills, and actually reinvest that in into your business. And I totally agree with you that, that that's definitely an opportunity, but of course you need to, to act on it as an operator and make it part of your your operating system and experience.
0: I agree. Um and, and also you don't have to be that radical that you go to less. Uh, some operators might feel uncomfortable about this. Um, you, you could also have a hybrid model, right? So, so for instance, without going in detail, but you could you could still take orders for the food, but you could allow, for instance, the drinks to be ordered uh, digitally, um, that will still accelerate the service. People come in, they can order the drink, and then you can come to the, to talk to them about the food and take, take that order maybe in a more traditional way. So you can just really think about things with, a, with an open mind and thinking about what your customers want.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's really interesting. But how how do you then think, uh, because one thing is what's going to happen with technology in the market, how is things going to evolve in the industry? There's so many interesting crystal balls prediction about what's going to happen in the industry in general. But what what is your prediction, Christoph?
0: It's obviously going to be... Difficult. Um, It is still difficult, and it will remain somewhat difficult. uh, Many challenges for for the hospitality industry around staffing, for instance. The Brexit hasn't helped for that, for sure. Um, I I think... what I hope and expect is that th- there'll be many opportunities. Some businesses will go down, you'll have a, a change of generations, new operators uh, taking over sites. And I think we're, we're going to see after this pandemic, like in the in the next, you know, one, two, three, four years, we, we'll see an expansion of the hospitality space and a lot of creativity, um, you know, uh, expressing itself in the in the coming years. I, I expect to see many new concepts. Uh, uh, and, and I think, think that technology will will help this new concept come to come to uh, to, to to light. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually really optimistic about about the hospitality industry. I think uh, obviously people are craving, uh, f- you know, for these experiences and the impact of the pandemic and uh, what we've missed during this pandemic is going probably to last for another three, two, three, four, five years, and it will have a positive impact on on these people, you know. Bringing people together and building experiences so so um no we're very excited about the industry in general there's there's lots of good things ahead
1: yeah and it's also interesting you said that uh, you know using technology uh, as as a core and you've seen some operators that's you know well, there's nobody that had uh, you know the, the best time ever but there's some of them that's already worked very focused on especially the qsr concept has really also you know leverage that in in the pandemic and gain market shares you have chipotle in the u.s sweet green is another one mcdonald's we talked about uh, and that's the qsr sector but also the leon is another operator that's really used this opportunity to and i know i'm talking about some big names but again they were they were almost on the journey pre-pandemic and now they 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 say that now their organization and the way they think restaurant have definitely changed. And uh, and it was interesting. I talked with a very senior person the other day. He said, we don't talk about how many units we can open. We talk about how much revenue can we create through the brand and the story and the revenue channels we can create that's not connected to buying a location. So first of all, we need to actually utilize the brand instead of just opening locations to boost revenue. And I think that's very interesting. And it lies within what you say again, a totally different thinking about how restaurants will be started from the ground up
0: i agree totally and I, and again what, what we do is is enabling the independents to, to have access to the same tools as these chains you 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 mentioned and again we we what we're trying to do is enabling anyone in the uk to have access to the same, if not better, I have to say, tools than than these chains you mentioned uh, in a, in a very easy way. You know, it's quite it's quite interesting because when you're from a technology, if you're implementing technology as a as a let's call it an enterprise, so let's like a, you know a 50 outlet kind of strong uh, chain, you 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 have so many uh, you know challenges. You 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 have to. Um, you have to um, typically, you know, m- multiple directors are involved in the decision making. Uh, you will have maybe an existing, you know, loyalty program, uh, uh and, and you will have your marketing people who will want to, you know, follow a certain kind of, you know, visual identity or I think when you're a small operator, you can make these decisions so quickly. And you can just put together an experience that's really simple, really on brand, really works for you, and test it very quickly. And that's that's what we try to enable, you know, uh, smaller operators to do.
1: Well, another thing that was interesting, actually, I should have asked you before, but actually, you you've seen the. Uh... The whole, uh, you know, we had. I just talked about Leon. How they was suddenly they started, you know, creating more of their own label brands. And I've actually seen, you know, some smaller operators also done that and sell that through online shops. And actually, that's what it makes it possible for you suddenly actually to to maybe sell some sauces, or it's a maybe a com- component of your of your of the meals you're creating. You're really good at, or you you know cook at home kits and stuff like that. Uh, and I guess that's also what's interesting suddenly you're not depending on just sending a hot plate of food out of the door there's so many other ways you can create revenue education classes and so on and so on making bread and whatever it is roast coffee or whatever it is you want to learn
0: I, I I agree. Uh, I think all of these things are probably good ideas. Independent can take can take inspiration from.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess it, it comes down to what fits your brand best, and what are you can become the best at, because you you shouldn't just do it. Because that's also what I had a conversation with a couple of people. You know, because everybody else is doing ten things doesn't mean you need to do things. So maybe you need to find two things you do really well, and actually just sell more of that.
0: I agree. I, agree. I I as you were talking I was also thinking of the concept of dark kitchens right I mean you know there's so many of them and heavily funded and and they're all going for you know for this online branding and and, and and I think you know independent operators as you said like everyone's different they have their own concept I think the essence of hospitality is still about bringing people together in a venue um and and you know if you can nail that first uh and and then you can think about how to build your brand and how you want to expand um but you know focusing on the experience and making sure they're they're happy and they have a good time uh, and using technology for that is 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 key uh for for the oper- for the independent operator
1: uh, that's interesting you say that christoph because Harvard uh, howard uh, business school have this uh, podcast run by three professors called after hours and they had one on the restaurant industry a couple of weeks ago we, we shared in our weekly newsletter uh, yesterday and uh, it actually talk about dark kitchens and dining in that's the that's the two things they talk about, and they talk about that, you know that, uh, that one of the big challenges for these uh, these uh, online brand or dark kitchen is actually to have the trust of the consumer, uh, and actually because as soon as the consumer can come back and dine in and meet people they trust, they will likely prefer that. That's what they believe, and I thought all the data says. Uh, and it's going to be a my mi- a bloody minefield they said to, to get a, a, a dark kitchen operation working because there's actually not that you know soul and experience you're looking for as part of buying your product you're buying things you you know you buy from people you like and you trust but actually you're not buying from a person you're just buying from a website. And therefore it's very difficult to get those two other things which you need together with your your e-commerce side or your online online platform or your delivery platform or whatever it is you are, you need that, you know, that you you know as a consumer. There is people behind that and that's how I make my Unrational decision. I don't only make it on pictures and price and taste.
0: I fully agree. Yeah, completely agree. I wouldn't be. I mean, I, I'm sure they, they don't need to hear me saying this, but I, I don't think you know traditional operators. We have a venue need to be worried about dark kitchens. It's a it's a very different space. Some probably many will be successful, but there's so much to do as a, as an in venue uh, operator. And again we talked about omnichannel you know these people come in Michael come in is having you know the same thing every Saturday well or you know you, you, you can engage with Michael you can uh, next time he comes uh, because you know him from the CRM or you can run a, a campaign if that's what you want to do and and offer Michael you know something else to try next time or maybe you know on the next rainy day to actually order his his favorite dish at home so try to cross pollinate through, you know, delivery uh, in store and, and click and collect.
1: Yeah. And that's really interesting because a lot of small operators I've talked with, they have said that, okay, we'll need to do the delivery and the the, the takeaway bit. But exactly is, our mission is that we know the pandemic ends at some point. And at that point, what our goal is that they are now part of our tribe. And then we want to convert them into sitting down customers because we know our spend will be bigger doing that and actually we want, and we want to build that relationship with them because it's not about the meal today it's about the loyalty tomorrow and 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 that's and that's really interesting looking at that okay it is what it is but let's get the best out of it but we need to convert them to come back into the restaurant not just do ordering online and there will always be some that only will order online that's okay but actually we want to move that bell curve for people into the restaurant and that, that was an interesting approach uh, i thought and very savvy way of thinking about it getting the best out of the the delivery situation as well yeah i
0: i, I agree with that view yeah
1: Always when people come on the show, I always ask a bit about them Them as an uh, entrepreneur as well. Is is there any like learnings you think as an entrepreneur now you've been, you know, you've been involved in the industry for a bit more than a decade. You build your own coffee shops so, that are like, any like, you know, great advice, uh, problems, uh, challenges, failures you could share with uh, other entrepreneurs, operators out there. They should avoid, you know, pandemic or no pandemic. They often stay quite evergreen. Some of these learnings.
0: Yeah sure so so I think for every journey is, is is different for for me it's it's about staying humble um and that translates in many ways um it's about admitting that um you don't know much sounds a bit cliché but, you know finding the right balance between um understanding and accepting that there's many things you don't know and still exert enough confidence to, you know, to, to, to decide of the direction you want to follow and keep, keep, you know, keep digging in that, in that direction, uh, without being distracted. Um, I think also, um, I think also that you, you, um, there's a level of discipline that any any entrepreneur needs needs to set with himself. But I think that comes with the envy and the desire to succeed. Um, but a certain level of discipline and, and, and time organization that uh, that you need to to set up for yourself, uh, probably setting objectives, measuring them over time, find your own way to measure it over time, um, is 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 probably a good way to go. And um, I would say if you if you decide to be an entrepreneur as well you know if you go for it just just go for it completely um it's easy to say uh but a blank page uh is probably the best way to kind of you know put the best out there um and um you know i've been an entrepreneur as you said like in in different ways over the last few years i think we stock it in particular at the moment is is where you know we're we're um we're growing fast we're putting ourselves out there and for us as uh, for me and my, my two co-founders angus and ben it's um it's uh it's a challenge to you know to have uh to have eyes on you on, in a way but it's it's probably uh, necessary to actually uh you know keep yourself accountable so you know stay humble put yourself out there um and try to 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 learn on the way it's probably some 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 good advice from me i think it's a very good
1: advice because we often forget that especially when we have a bit of success we often forget those things and forget that uh, we are we are just on a learning journey and there's a the next challenge around the corner we need to solve so uh, it's good to celebrate but don't become uh, too overconfident about that you know everything now because you don't if uh, at the end of the conversation chris i've always asked the the guest as well to give like three top advice to, to leaders out there in the industry, what they should do to to accelerate their business and we can take the, maybe the tech angle here, because that's what we've been talking about, or digitalization. What is your top three advice you want to leave them with?
0: Considering seriously the options out there in terms of new technology, particularly digital ordering, because that's the one bit that's really new today and that is deeply game-changing. Uh, for them. This is multiple ways of uh, uh, interacting with customers digitally. Um, even though the operator might see themselves as a more of a traditional uh, kind of operators, there are ways this digital technology can transform and enhance the way you work. Uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, how much margin you're making. So you probably want to really, really explore that. Um, I, I think that's that's really the big advice. Take care of your staff. Obviously, they know that already, uh, but, uh, you know, finding good staff, I think, is going to be quite difficult um, uh, in, in hospitality in, in general. Uh, and, and, and make sure that you, you know, you, you. I think, again, they, they know that. I don't need to tell them, but make, make sure that you take care of your staff and probably give them, you know, tools that they enjoy using. Um, and, you um, and also be be talk to your customers right talk to these consumers uh, coming back uh, to the restaurant what do they want to see how do they want to uh, how do they you know um, you know how do they want to uh, interact with you how do they what do they expect from you as a as a as a as a restaurant as a pub um, take feedback from them. Uh, you know, about the food, about the environment, about the, uh, the, the technology, the ordering process they, 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 they follow. Um, and try to understand why they're saying this and if you can find better ways to, to please them. So that would be my two cents. Uh,
1: super, super advice, really, really relevant. And actually the last one, I think it's really relevant because it's actually an opportunity that can be missed a, a lot actually talking with these people as they, they come back. And I think there's a lot of gold in there specifically for your business and actually a very good question one of my friends who runs a restaurant he asked him so why did you choose to come back and eat with us and i can tell you that's kind of there's some interesting insight that comes out of that question just for him as well so i, th- I love that really good well, all of them but especially that one because i think we need to shape a new experience for people uh, as we emerge out of uh whatever we call this the new paradigm the new now <laughs> the new level of the pandemic so but again Christoph, thank you so much for coming on and talking about digitalization and especially around uh, focusing on on the smaller independent operators because i think it's it's really key that we, we get them covered we often talk about what the big boys do in technology but this was really interesting and i send all my uh, power and energy to, to you and the team uh, and your ventures going forward and i'm sure we will uh,
0: connect very soon thank you michael thank you so much i'm very uh very glad you invited me on, the, on your on your great show. Thank you, and I wish good luck to everyone for the coming uh, months. Best of luck to to everyone in the industry.
1: Thank you so much, Christoph, for your insight and thinking around e-commerce technology for smaller operators. If you want to learn more about how you become better at e-commerce and digitalization of your revenue streams, I would recommend you to visit a bonus episode we've done about digital transformation where Nick Popovich, the co-founder and CEO of VitaMojo will give you more insights into this. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please share, rate, review, or subscribe to one of our channels. Together with Bitsimply, we are also right now conducting a survey with the aim to collect best practice on how leaders in the industry are transforming their organizations so they can deliver experience that both employees and customers are demanding. Please participate via the link in the show notes. A big thank you to BizSimply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help the industry thrive, not just survive. Check them out at bizsimply.com or via their social at BizSimply or at BizSimplyHQ. You can also email them directly on advice at bizsimply.com. A big thank you to Fina Charlton, who is the show producer and editor from the Podcast Collective, Tune in next time for another interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to our community and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of this, there will be links in the show notes. Thank you and be maverick.